Although there is a cost to discipleship, don't ever think that the cost is greater than the benefit. Because for Aaron and the Levites, they got to be priests of the Most High God. And it was work, a lot of work. It was messy work. But they were blessed by the calling. And I think for many of us, and for many of you right now, you're struggling with the fact that your calling has a cost to it. And you got to shift that perspective from what the cost is to what the benefit is. Some callings are more visible than others, but it's not a measure of how valuable we are to the Father. As Pastor Daniel will explain the roles of the priests and the Levites, we'll understand how every role is vital for God's intention for us. Our lives, our talents, their gifts. Listen and be challenged to feel the blessing of being given a calling. Rather than being burdened, consider that the true and living God is reaching out to you. Now, here's Pastor Daniel with part one of his message concerning the ministers. All right, let's open up in our Bibles to the book of Numbers, chapter 18, as we continue this series that we're calling Wilderness. Through the book of Numbers, it's our second series. It'll end up being a total of three series in the book of Numbers. So we're in the middle series here. It's amazing because most people never studied the book of Leviticus. We did that. And many of you had fun as we went through the book of Leviticus. Most people don't study all of the book of Numbers either. And so if you've been tracking with us, praise God. And if there was salvation by works, you'd get in for having to endure me through the book of Numbers. But we are all saved by sheer grace, nothing more. So, uh, but praise God for wanting to journey through this. Now, remember, the last two chapters, we've seen a assault by different factions against the God-given leadership of Moses and Aaron. And what's interesting about it now is that the crisis of leadership is over. And so God goes back and details afresh some of the regulations and the responsibilities that affect the true priests of God. So it's like, because we've established who God's appointed priesthood is, now God's like, okay, so since we know that Aaron and his family have been appointed, now let's go back over again what the responsibilities are. And you might be thinking, okay, so great. What does this have to do with me, Fusco? And here's what it has to do with you, is that according to the Bible, everybody who put their faith and trust in Jesus is a priest of the Most High God. We are a kingdom of priests. And so what that means is that when you're looking at how the priests function in the Old Testament, that is a picture in a lot of ways of how we're meant to function. I know it sounds weird. You might say, well, okay, I ain't no priest and, you know, and that kind of thing. You say, well, Fusco, maybe you're kind of like a priest, but you're a pastor. You don't wear a funny collar and all that stuff. I know we all have these ideas of what priests are. But if you think about the priestly office in its simplest form, the priest stood before God on behalf of the people and stood before the people on behalf of God. That's a simple way to look at the the role of a priest. They stood before God on behalf of people 
and they stood before people on behalf of God. So that I stand in between God and the world outside. And my friends, that is a great definition of what it means to be a Christian. A Christian is somebody who stands before God on behalf of people. Because all of us are called to intercede, to pray, to bless. We try and bridge people in their relationship with God. And we witness outwardly who God is to the world around us. And that is why the Bible takes so seriously what our lives are about, why they're there, what we do, how we do it, how we do it. And the, the Bible is so full of ethical discussions because it's about the witness of the people of God. As we've been going through Paul's letter to the Galatians, remember I said the consequence of hypocrisy is a false witness, that we, we misrepresent who God is to the world who's watching, right? And so when we read about the priests and all these different things, now certain things aren't going to carry over because they're part of the, the ceremonial worship style of the children of Israel, but the principles almost always carry over. So although maybe the specific details don't, the principles do. So let's jump on in. So Numbers 18, picking up in verse 1, look at what it says. It says, Then the Lord said to Aaron, You and your sons and your father's house with you shall bear the iniquity related to the sanctuary, and you and your sons with you shall bear the iniquity associated with your priesthood. Also bring with you your brethren of the tribe of Levi, the tribe of your father, that they may be joined with you and serve you while you and your sons are with you before the tabernacle of witness. Verse 3, They shall attend to your needs and all the needs of the tabernacle, but they shall not come near the articles of the sanctuary and the altar, lest they die, they and you also. They shall be joined with you and attend to the needs of the tabernacle of meeting for all the work of the tabernacle, but an outsider shall not come near you. And you shall attend to the duties of the sanctuary and to the duties of the altar, that there may be no more wrath on the children of Israel. Behold, I myself have taken your brethren, the Levites, from among the children of Israel. They are a gift to you, given by the Lord to do the work of the tabernacle. Therefore, you and your sons with you shall attend to your priesthood for everything at the altar and behind the veil, and you shall serve. I give your priesthood to you as a gift for service, but the outsider who comes near shall be put to death. Now, these are what I would call the, the general duties and responsibilities. Now, remember, in these verses, we find that Aaron and his sons have a specific calling, and that is the calling of the specific priesthood. So they have all the things as it relates to the altar, the holy place, and the holy of holies. But then also we find out that the tribe of Levi, which we know as the Levites, they have an assisting function to Aaron and his sons. So there's a specific work for Aaron and his specific descendants, but the whole tribe has a specific function. Now notice in verse 1, we learn that they have to bear the iniquity related to the sanctuary... And it says, you shall bear the iniquity associated with the priesthood. So what this means is that because all of us are called to be priests, there is a price to be paid. Calling is a blessing, but there is also stipulation involved. 
And so because their priestly function was to stand before God on behalf of the people with all of these offerings and stand before the people on behalf of God and all these things, there's a price to be paid. And don't miss the fact that Jesus reminds us that there is a cost to discipleship and we need to count the cost. And I think one of the things that we have in our day and age is that a lot of Christianity is you can be a Christian, but there's no cost associated with it. And that's why you have superficial Christianity. You have Christianity that doesn't have the quality of Christ because our calling it as priests, there is a, there's a cost to it. You choose to be a servant. You choose to humble yourselves before the Lord. You choose to say, if I'm going to call myself from the name of Jesus, I am no longer going to do things that I would have done before, even though I want to do it and I'm tempted to do it. and Everyone's encouraging me to do it. I'm not going to do it because I realize that there is a cost associated with my calling. And the thing is, as you know this, anything that's worth anything, there's always a cost associated with it. I was thinking about it as a, as a married man. The cost of marrying my bride was forsaking all other relationships with any other woman. And there's a cost to it, but that cost is radically outweighed by the benefit of having a close abiding relationship with a person. Someone who's there thick and thin, up and down, good and bad. So although there is a cost to discipleship, don't ever think that the cost is greater than the benefit. Because for Aaron and the Levites, they got to be priests of the Most High God. And it was work, a lot of work. It was messy work. But they were blessed by the calling. And I think for many of us, and for many of you right now, you're struggling with the fact that your calling has a cost to it. And you got to shift that perspective from what the cost is to what the benefit is. And we have a tendency to look at the benefit from the earthly or the or the earthbound look and we need to look at what is God's given benefit to this cost so you notice like for Aaron and his sons and for the Levites there's a cost involved in their calling but it's a radical blessing so not only do we find that there is a cost involved there's this bearing of the iniquity both of the altar and the sanctuary and the priesthood but then also you find that in verse 2, and bring with you your brethren, the tribe of Levi, the tribe of your father, that they may be joined with you and serve you while you and your sons are with you before the tabernacle. They shall attend to your needs and all the needs of the tabernacle, but they shall not come near the articles of the sanctuary and the altar, lest they die, they and you also. So notice that within the calling, there is fellowship. So the Sons of Aaron, they also have the fellowship and the co-laboring with the Levites, although there are differing distinctions. And what we find here is that the Levites have an assisting function. Aaron and his sons have a priestly function, and they're meant to be separate. And what that means is that for each one of us, God has unique gifts. And so it's not wrong. Like It's not like Aaron and his sons are better than the Levites. It's just a different calling. And I think something that happens in church a lot of time is that we forget that God gives people unique giftings. And it's okay. And it's not that God thinks somebody's more valuable or less valuable. Really, we find our value by being the person that God created us to be. That's where our true value is. It'd be like the big toe saying, well, the, the big thumb has it going on. 
You know what I mean? Like, because the big thumb can like hitchhike and thumbs up. What can a big toe do? Just a big toe. But the thing is, is the big toe has its value by helping you balance and walk. And you can imagine the big thumb being like, man, the toes got it going on. They can be slipped into some flip-flops. You know, they got those little shoals cushions in there. When was the last time I had a shoals cushion for my big thumb? And I bring it up and it's a joke, but I'm kind of pulling it out of Paul's teaching that we forget that not one part of the body has greater honor than another. They only have a perceived greater honor. Like a great, I, like in church, it's like, I'm the lead pastor here at Crossroads. So just because I have a big mouth and a teaching gift does not mean I'm better than eyes. I'm better than noses. I'm better than uh, garbage removal. That would be called the, the bowels or the intense intestines. The mouth is good when it functions as a mouth. This is going to be totally awful, but brace yourselves. Could you imagine if your mouth was the waste removal part of your body, if that was coming out the top end? Yeah, it'd be nasty, right? You'd hate that, right? It was graphic, but I told you to hold on for it. We have to remember that each part of the body gets its value by being the part of the body God created it to be. And our job is not to say, well, I want to be the other part of the body. No, our job is to say, God, however you made me, I want to be that part. And the Levites weren't diminished because they weren't the descendants of Aaron and the priests. They just knew their role. And God said, look, the sons of Aaron, you have to fulfill your role. The Levites have to fulfill their role. And if those things get mixed up, everyone's going to die. Why? Because the body doesn't function right. It doesn't function properly. And for each one of us, it's a great application. Don't worry about your own value judgment for how God made you. Simply say, God, I want to be exactly who you made me to be. And let God work out how it all works out. Because the beauty is, is oftentimes we have a limited view of who we are because we're so busy looking at us as an individual member and not as the body as a whole. And if only parts of the body are working well, the body suffers. And you guys know this because some of you, everything is super healthy. Like, let me give you an example. I've talked about my grandpa, Anthony. He's 91 years old, super cool. My, my grandpa, he's been blind for about 10 years. Every other part of him, God bless him, is working. He's sharp as a tack, but he can't see. And it makes, he can't go play golf now. My grandma makes some beautiful meal. He can't see it, but he can still taste it. And he's really excited about it. But because his eyes aren't functioning, things are challenging for him, as you would imagine. So the key is, is that when, even though everything else may be healthy, if one part of the body is not functioning well, the whole body suffers. And that's exactly what the Apostle Paul teaches us in 1 Corinthians and in a number of other places. So we want to be the best body part that we are, that God has called us to be. Now, In verse four, they shall be joined with you and attend to the needs of the tabernacle of meeting for all the work of the tabernacle, but an outsider shall not come near to you. And you shall attend to the duties of the sanctuary, verse five, and the duties of the altar, that there may be no more wrath on the children of Israel. Behold, I myself have taken your brethren, the Levites, from among the children of Israel. They are a gift to you, given by the Lord to do the work of the tabernacle, Verse 7, therefore you and your son shall attend to your priesthood for everything at the altar and behind the veil, and you shall serve. I give your priesthood to you as a a gift of service, but the outsider who comes near shall be put to death. Now, I want you to notice this. You notice that 
God blesses the sons of Aaron with the gift of the Levites and the gift of the priesthood. So here's what I want to tell you. Never forget that God's calling on your life is a gift. Your life is a gift. The talents he's given you is a gift. And oftentimes when you've been given a gift and a calling, we end up feeling the burden of it more than the blessing of it. And listen, I mean, I know it real well. Like as a pastor, you feel the burden of what's going on at Crossroads and this happening and this happening. What are we going to do with this? And who's upset? Because I did this and I did that. And I, I did all those things. It's true. You know, and it's like, and you feel the burden of it until you get your eyes off of how hard it is. And you say, okay, God, so what's the blessing of this? And the blessing is, is that we have a calling. Like, think about that for a second. God called you. The true and living God called you to be his own. He said, yeah, yeah, you, with all your nuts garbage, come on. With all your issues, yeah, you. It's like God went, so to speak, to the kennel with the adopted dog and found the weirdest ones he can find. said, yeah, I'm taking you home with me. That's what God, that's the adoption of God. And yes, it's hard and, and a calling, it has a cost to it and it's challenging and, but it's a total gift. And I'm sure for many of us right now, you're like, man, the calling of a parent, it's too hard. It's too hard calling to be married. It's too challenging calling to this or that. It's too, I can't know. Listen, there is a burden associated with it, but it's also a great blessing. You're calling and the things that God has given you to do is a gift. But what Satan wants to do is just, no, no, it's not a gift. It's a burden. God doesn't like you because he did that. God doesn't like you because of that. No, it's a gift, but we have to embrace it for what it is and also see what it isn't. And I love this because the Lord is like, look, the Levites, they're my gift to you. To be in fellowship with you when you do this and the priesthood, it's my gift to you too. He just told them it was, they're going to bear the iniquity. I was like, it's my gift to you. I love you this way. And you know what I have learned, and I'm continuing to learn? I'm continuing to learn that really the hardest things in our lives are also the things that grow us up the most. That nothing is only one thing. It's just a matter of how we're looking at it. And we struggle, because for many of us, the world, the flesh, and the devil just makes us negative. So we look at everything negatively. But God. And the hardest things in life are the most beautiful things in life. The things that are the most horrific are the things that end up being the things that nurture our hearts the most. I was just writing a little bit about the passing of my mom and what that did. And I look back on that time as one of the hardest things in my life. And at the same time now, God has, that's been the single biggest fruit bearing event in my life. I came to Jesus through it. God did all these things through it. I'd give it all back to have my mom back for one more day. But God has been able to transform the hardest event of my life and made it, in hindsight, like, wow. So we all have to learn that there is a burden to our calling, but it's also a great blessing. Kind of cool, huh? Okay, look what happens in verse 8. And the Lord spoke to Aaron, Here I myself have given you charge 
of my heave offerings, all the holy gifts of the children of Israel, I have given them as a portion to you and your sons as an ordinance forever. This shall be yours of the most holy things reserved from the fire, every offering of theirs, every grain offering and every sin offering and every trespass offering, which they render to me shall be most holy for you and your sons. Verse 10, in a most holy place, you shall eat it. Every male shall eat it. It shall be holy to you. This also is yours, the heave offering of their gift with all the wave offering of the children of Israel. I have given them to you and your sons and daughters with you as an ordinance forever. Everyone who is clean in your house may eat it. All the best of the oil, all the best of the new wine and the grain, their first fruits, which they offer to the Lord, I have given them to you. Whatever first ripe fruit is in their land, which they bring to the Lord shall be yours. Everyone who is clean in your house may eat of it. Verse 14, every devoted thing in Israel shall be yours. Everything that first opens the womb of all flesh, which they bring to the Lord, whether man or beast shall be yours. Nevertheless, the firstborn of man you shall surely redeem and the firstborn of unclean animals you shall redeem. And verse 16, those redeemed of the devoted things you shall redeem when one month old, according to your valuation, for five shekels of silver, according to the shekel of the sanctuary, which is 20 geras. But the firstborn of a cow, the firstborn of a sheep, and the firstborn of a goat you shall not redeem. They are holy. You shall sprinkle their blood on the altar and burn their fat as an offering made by fire for a sweet aroma to the Lord, and their flesh shall be yours, just as the wave breast and the right thigh are yours. All the heave offerings of the holy things the children of Israel offer to the Lord, I have given to you and your sons and your daughters with you as an ordinance forever. It is a covenant of salt forever before the Lord with you and your descendants with you. Then the Lord said to Aaron, you shall have no inheritance in their land, nor shall you have any portion among them I am your portion and your inheritance among the children of Israel. Now, what does all this mean? Anybody want to volunteer and explain it to us? <laughs> You're like, everyone's right now like, I'm glad I don't have the burden of Busco's calling right now. Okay, start at the end and we're going to work backwards. Look at what it says. It says in verse 19, all the heave offerings of the holy things which the children of Israel offer to the Lord, I have given to you and your sons and your daughters with you as an ordinance forever. It is a covenant of salt forever before the Lord with you and your descendants with you. Then the Lord said to Aaron, you shall have no inheritance in their land, nor shall you have any portion among them. I am your portion and your inheritance among the children of Israel. So you see what's going on. God's called Aaron and his sons, the priests, and the Levites. And he's saying, look, you guys get no land. Your job is to do this work. You don't get an inheritance like everyone else. I'm your inheritance. Now, that's important. Because for so many of us, we really don't want the Lord as our inheritance. We just want everything like everybody else. Isn't that true? Yeah, we're all sinners that way. Like, God, you're just not good enough. You're the most valuable person who ever lived. There's only one God. God is like the hope diamond times infinity, but you're just not good enough. Don't we feel that way? Yeah. You know what that's called? Idolatry. Jesus is real. 
alongside Aaron and his sons, all of the Levites were called by the Lord. As Pastor Daniel explained, just as we are all called to be priests, the people had to stand before God. There is a cost to discipleship. We considered how deep our servanthood goes. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram have become a regular part of our everyday lives. And we want to be sure to encourage you to check out Pastor Daniel's Facebook page, Twitter feed, and Instagram. Log on to JesusIsRealRadio.com and follow the links. Pastor Daniel shares two-minute video messages throughout the week on his Facebook page. Log on to JesusIsRealRadio.com and follow Pastor Daniel. Thanks for that information, Tracy. I know listeners are going to be blessed by Pastor Daniel's new book. We'd love to put a copy of this book into your hands for all of the listeners who support Jesus Is Real Radio with a gift of $25 or more. We'll send you a copy of Honestly, Getting Real About Jesus and Our Messy Lives as a way to say thank you. Your generous support helps us continue what we're doing and expand. You can get your copy of Honestly, Getting Real About Jesus and Our Messy Lives when you visit JesusIsRealRadio.com and click on Partner. Next time on Jesus Is Real Radio, Pastor Daniel will further explain the function of the priesthood. Specifically, he'll teach about first fruits and how we approach giving to God. It's a hard truth that we're stingy with what he's given. You've been listening to Jesus Is Real Radio with Pastor Daniel Fusco of Crossroads Community Church. Pastor Daniel will continue teaching through his series, Wilderness. Until then, may God bless. Jesus is real.